Hi, this is Charlie Brown, editor and publisher and writer of Lucky Mojo Press and the Dirty Magic series, and you're listening to The Melting Podcast. You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Lexiconosaurs and word chefs, welcome to episode 79 of the Melting Podcast. I'm your head chef, A.F. Grappin. And I'm your grill mistress, Erin Kasmark. I worded. Good for you. We're all very proud of you, Erin. Thank you. You know who else we're proud of? Me. I said, who else? Me. You've already said. I'm the one who matters. That's what you told me. You matter until you're multiplied by, was it the square root of something squared? I don't math. Because then you energy, I don't know the joke. I don't do math or any other drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this is going to be today, folks. Apparently. This, this is, uh, well, we're kind of in hectic getting ready for Balticon mode. We call that Muppet Flail. <laughs> Very much so, because between planning the live episode of the Melting Podcast, which Woo! will be happening at Balticon uh, Memorial Weekend, we're not sure of what day yet. Yeah, we don't have the full schedule yet. Yeah, but once we have that, we will uh, let it be known. Um, but like I said, we're it planning... It is known. It is known. Except not yet. No, not yet. We are... So we're planning that, getting extra voice actors to do our live story, getting a mystery meal prepped, mm-hmm. getting something else potentially prepped, <laughs> as well as everything else for Balticon, which includes panels that we moderate, um, the dealer table that we have in the uh, in the dealer room for the chain mail and for the books and for the and other books of stuff. people, friends... People friends? You heard me. I did. None of those reptile friends. No. No bird friends. Mm-mm. People friends. I would say no furry friends, but I don't ask what people do in their private time. Yeah, it's not. But yeah, so we are in crazy hectic Balticon mode. And, you know, it's just, it's soon. Yeah. Very soon. I know. Well done. Good. Go me. No, don't go. Please stay. Okay, I'll stay. stay. I'll stay. How about I stick around and tell our listeners what we have prepared for them today? All right. I'm I'm down for that. How about some Stoke the Fire stories? I like those. Yes, we have two. I like two of those. Yes, we have two of those. And these stories are based on the now-closed prompt number 18. You are informed via phone that your significant other has been in an accident. They are standing right next to you. Dun-dun-dun. Enjoy. Bon appetit. An Evening Conversation by Jason Goodman Hey, honey. Guess who was on the phone? Aunt Carol? Nope. Uncle Carl? Not even close. Publisher's Clearinghouse? Why would they call? To tell me that I won a million dollars. Don't they usually come to the door? Well, yeah. Then why would they call? Maybe they changed it up just for me. Maybe they think I'm special. Well, you are special. Aw, thanks, baby. But apparently I'm the only one who thinks so, since that wasn't publishers. Dang. Do you give up? On Publishers Clearinghouse? Never! A person has to dream, after all. Well, it wasn't Publisher's Clearinghouse. 
Well, then who was it? It was the police. The police? What did they want? To tell me you were in an accident. I was? Was I hurt? Oh, yeah. Killed, actually. Well, it's about time they figured that out. It is? How quickly did you think they would? It's not like you smell bad. That's good to know, at least. <sighs> did they at least say what happened? They weren't 100% sure. Do you remember that incident at the hospital a few weeks ago? When all those people all of a sudden started showing all sorts of weird powers? Of course I remember! Didn't one of them end up running around town making all the women's clothes disintegrate? Funny you should mention him. I don't think he was funny at all. That was very embarrassing for some people. Plus, it destroyed my brother's marriage. It did? How? When the nudifier first started his rampage of nakedness, my brother wanted to go out and see what the fuss was about. His wife obviously disagreed. She accused him of being a lech. He accused her of being a controlling hag, and they never recovered. I never thought they were right for each other. Anyway, the nudifier. They were married for 15 years. How do you know the nudifier was married? Who would marry the nudifier? I was referring to my brother. He was a guy like any other. I'm sure somebody loved him. My sister-in-law obviously did, until he became a lech anyway. Your sister-in-law loved the nudifier? No, my brother. Your brother loved the nudifier? What are you talking about? I was talking about the nudifier. I was talking about my brother. <sighs> Let's try this again, okay? Apparently. Where were we? The nudifier. Right. Apparently, some drivers were very distracted when he started using his powers of cloth removal. The leches. And one of them hit a radioactive waste transport truck, which, in turn, hit you. I wondered why the light at the end of the tunnel was so bright green. There was a tunnel? Yes, but you know how claustrophobic I get, so I didn't go through it. That does explain one thing, though. What's that? Your glow. I can see things much clearer when you're in the room. You always did say that I made every room brighter just by being in it. I still say that. Now I just mean it literally. So, I was hit by a truck driven by a distracted lech? Yep. This is what I get for not taking Bronte with me. Charlotte or Emily? Not the author's goofball. My pet. Oh, the brontosaurus. I thought her name was Dino. It was, but then she read Wuthering Heights. Ah, I see. But I wouldn't call her your pet. She's more like a bodyguard, really. She gets very protective of you. That's why I wish I'd had her with me. Bronte would have stopped the truck. True. Okay, what's wrong? Well, now that I know you're dead, I don't know what to do. About what? 
about you being dead. Who am I going to spend time with? Who am I going to talk to? You can always talk to those nice people at our favorite restaurant. Chef Gus has always been so charming, and that grill mistress Erin always makes you laugh. And what's that sweet boy's name? Cleo? Rio? You mean Theo? The dish boy? That's the one. He's always so nice. You should really take him under your wing. Maybe. Don't be a grump. I may be dead, but that didn't stop me from coming home, did it? Hmm, true. Speaking of food, we were. Hush, I'm trying to distract you from getting maudlin. I wasn't being maudlin. I prefer to think of it as being contemplative. Well, be contemplative on your plate then. What's for dinner? I'm not telling you. Oh-ho, a mystery, is it? You got it. Great. I love your mystery meals. Hey, hun. There's someone at the door for you. Who is it? Some lady says she's from a place called Mortal Coil Industries. She says it's urgent. Redux 1 by David Doc Blue Went. I hit end on my cell phone and made my way into my boss's office. She glanced up as I slumped into the chair opposite her without invitation. You seem a little down. What's bothering you, Kevin? I just got a call from the police. Susan was in an accident. They say she died instantly. Jeanette closed her laptop, peered at me, peered out her office window, and then back at me. Isn't that Susan at your desk? Yep. I nodded. We're having lunch at that new place down the street. So the police made a mistake? I heard something in her tone that meant she was asking an entirely different question. Not exactly. I sighed and rubbed my eyes with my left hand. My boss got up, went to her office door, gave Susan a friendly wave, closed the door, and returned to her seat. You reset the timeline, didn't you, Richard? What have I told you about resetting the timeline? It wasn't so much as a full reset as a tiny little retcon. Minuscule, really. I figured it couldn't hurt. Much? Well, at least you engaged the proximity protocols. She glanced out the window and gave Susan a one-more-minute finger. What exactly did you change? It wasn't for me. Of course not. But go on. You know that scene in the original Star Wars with Greedo and Han? Redux 2 by David Doc Blue Went I hit end on my cell phone and made my way into my boss's office. She glanced up as I slumped into the chair opposite her without invitation. You seem a little down. What's bothering you, Kevin? I just got a call from the police. Susan was in an accident. They say she died instantly. 
Jeanette closed her laptop, peered at me, peered out her office window, and then back at me. Isn't that Susan at your desk? Yep, I nodded. She wanted to surprise me with lunch at that new place down the street. Aren't you going through a divorce? I nodded slowly. Well, the Susan I married is divorcing me. This one seems to be still quite taken with me. My boss raised an eyebrow. This one? So the police didn't make a mistake? It, uh, seems not. I sighed and rubbed my eyes with my left hand. My boss got up, went to her office door, gave Susan a smile and a friendly wave, closed the door, and returned to her seat. You reset the timeline, didn't you, Richard? What have I told you about resetting the timeline? See, that's the thing. I was thinking about it, but I didn't. Honest. I thought about the potential implications, and I... chickened out. I wouldn't call that chickening out. I would call that making the right decision. But that doesn't explain two Susans. She glanced out the window and gave Susan a one-more-minute finger. What were you planning to change? So you know I'm a Transformers fan, right? I never understood what you saw in those movies, but yeah. Neither did Susan. And I, uh, kinda insisted we go see one for our anniversary. And it kinda ruined our marriage. So you were going to change that decision? No way! I was going to get someone to replace Michael Bay as director. Redux 3 by David Doc Blue Went Susan slid her phone into her purse and told me she had to go into her boss's office for a minute. I waited by her desk, glancing periodically toward the room where she had gone. I had come by her office to surprise her with lunch at a new restaurant down the block she had been talking about. Susan had left the door open, and I tried not to listen, but as her boss closed the door, I heard Jeanette say, You reset the timeline again, didn't you, Susan? What have I told you about resetting the timeline? Redux 4 by David Doc Blue Went I hung up my desk phone and made my way into my boss's office. She glanced up as I slumped into the chair opposite her without invitation. You seem a little down. What's bothering you, Tyrone? I just got a call from the police. Susan was in an accident. They say she died instantly. Jeanette closed her laptop, peered at me, peered out her office window, and then back at me. Isn't that Susan at your desk? Yep, I nodded. We're having lunch at that new place down the street. So the police made a mistake? I heard something in her tone that meant she was asking an entirely different question. Not exactly. I sighed and rubbed my eyes with my left hand. My boss got up, went to her office door, gave Susan a friendly wave, closed the door, 
and returned to her seat. You reset the timeline, didn't you, Mr. Rex? What have I told you about resetting the timeline? I know, I know, but I thought if I had just been a little quicker, if my arms were just a little longer, I could have saved her. Saved who, Tyrone? The President. Redux 5 by David Dockblue Went. I picked up my desk phone. Richard, could you please come into my office? Richard had worked for me for years, one of my most loyal employees. He was smiling when he entered my office. You remember my wife Susan, don't you, Richard? She stopped in to surprise me with lunch at that new restaurant down the street. He nodded and shook her hand. That sounds lovely. Enjoy. I hope so. But there is something I have to ask you first. You see, I just got a most unusual call, Richard. The police just called me to inform me that Susan had died in a car accident. The color started to drain from his face, and he sat down in an open chair. I take it from your reaction that you know something about this? He nodded slowly. You reset the timeline, didn't you, Richard? What have I told you about resetting the timeline? He sighed and pinched the top of his nose with his left hand. It wasn't for me. I'm certain it wasn't, but Susan and I are more than a little disturbed by the results. He glanced up into our faces. I imagine so. I did not anticipate. No. No, of course not, and fortunately, it appears the proximity protocols appear to have worked. But what exactly was it that you changed? I got Fox to extend Firefly for a second season. Redux 6 by David Dockblue Went I hit end on my cell phone and stared at the blank screen for several minutes. What's the matter, honey? Who was that? I looked up into the face of my girlfriend. That was the police. They said you died in a car accident earlier today. She flushed and sat down. Obviously they made a mistake, but that's kind of scary. Yeah. A mistake. She peered at me. You reset the timeline again, didn't you? I nodded slowly. With a deep sigh, she rubbed the bridge of her nose with her left hand. What did you change? Well, I had missed the deadline for Prompt 18 for the Melting Podcast, so... Hey, I knew those people. Us? The ones who read the stories? Yes. What about the people who wrote the stories? I know that guy. <laughs> there, there, there's two guys. I know, I, I know those guys. I do know those guys, right? Jason Goodman and Doc and Doc Blue went. Yes, you you know. Those. I know those guys. Yes, I did good. Good job. How about some other guys we know? Okay. How about some other guys named Doc that we know? Okay. Because we have a promo that has been requested we premiere on this episode of the Melting Podcast. So this is from Doc Coleman, 
who may or may not have actually hired us to make the promo for him. I know those guys. That's us again. Hey. So enjoy this new promo. Yes. Faster. Faster, man. My life will be utterly ruined if I miss the opera. Uncle Randolph, my apologies. I... Oh. You're not my uncle. Ah, you must be Reggie's nephew. I regret old Reggie has been called away on business this evening. Oh, do forgive my manners, my boy. I am Professor Harmonious Crackle at your service, sir. And this is my traveling companion, Mr. Tanya Bang. It's a pleasure. The opera's starting. What is happening? I can't tell from up here. The soloists. They must be automata. Machines made to imitate human life. They seem to be broken, and I can't deactivate them. Miss Bang, take our friend out the stage door before the building collapses. Does this sort of thing happen often? Automata? Buildings collapsing? Attacks? Oh, no. Not nearly as often as you'd think. We were attacked, yes. The question is, which one of us was the target, my lord? The Perils of Prague by Doc Coleman. Available in ebook and paperback at Amazon.com. Find the author at www.doccoleman.com. Hey, I really did know those guys. You are one of those guys. You're the girl of those guys. I'm one of those guys? You're the girl of those guys. Yes. Yeah. You're not the opera singer. Aw. No, not all, because I would be terrible at that. Thank you for not making me the opera singer. You know who the opera singer was? An automaton? Well, well yes, but I mean, do you know who did the, the sound effect of the... Uh... It wasn't me. It was a mystery. Oh, mysteries are fun. Like uh, when I rip off all the labels on the cans in the pantry and then make meals based on them? Yeah, but then you put them on the grill and it's just a mess when they mm, grilled cans! It's pretty... It, what if we open the a, cans? But it's a mystery. But what if we open the cans when they were heated through instead of just trying to eat the tin? That could work. That might bring the customers back. Yes. Anyway, what were you going to say? We're going to do a mystery meal. Okay. Hey, Lachlan, what are we doing? I oh, know. Color. We're coloring. Coloring on the couch with books and no crayons. He's just that good, okay? Oh, I'm not questioning him. I'm Maybe just pointing out the be. specifics. It's kind of a mess. So we're here with a junior chef. And who likes to talk a lot. No, put the crayons back. <laughs> yeah, we have crayons. We're Let not, me go get them. This isn't, cooking with, this isn't the cooking with crayons segment. It's come a mystery here, meal. Come here. You can come record with us? Yeah. Say hi. Say hi. Hi. Say hi, lexiconosaurs. Hi, lexicons. And word chefs. Word chefs. <laughs> we're here doing a mystery meal, which is a fancy way of saying we're mad living some classic literature. Mystery mm-hmm. meal. 
Mr. Mio. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dish Boy Theo, Hi. or also known as Daddy, Hi. is going to be reading. What is this? Uh, this this selection, Theo. I don't know. It's a mystery. Well, look at it. Oh, well, you're just ruining all the fun now. Yeah, I know. Power. Schrodinger's list. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> We are reading, or I am reading, The Call of the Wild by Jack London. This is the scene where Buck and Spitz finally have their battle. 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 Yeah. Battle. Fight. Fight. Should, should I start now? Stay ready, set, go. Set, go. Set, go. Okay. In a flash, Buck knew it. The Ford... <laughs> C Max. Okay. The Ford C Max had come. It was to the death. As they circled about, seasoning, ears laid back, keenly watchful for the advantage, the scene came to Buck with a sense of familiarity. He seemed to remember it all the oh, contagious so woods, the that. earth, the moonlight, and the thrill of wombat. Lachlan. Hey. Hey, buddy. Can I read? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Over the whiteness and silence brooded a stupid calm. <laughs> there was not the faintest whisper of air. Nothing moved. Not a leaf imprisoned. The visible breaths of the dogs rising begrudgingly and lingering in the frosting air. They don't want to be alive. They had made short work of the codpiece velociraptor. <laughs> these dogs... I don't want a velociraptor codpiece. These dogs that were ill-tamed wolves, and they were now drawn up in an expectant trapezoid. They, too, were silent, their tonsils only gleaming, and their breaths drifting slowly upward. To, to Buck, it was nothing new or strange, this scene of old time. It was as though it had always been the wanted way of things. Spitz was a practiced blower. From <laughs> From inside the toaster, through the Arctic, and across sea block, and the barrens. He had held his own with all manner of dogs and achieved to mastery over them. Bitter somnolence was his, but never vacuous rage. In passion to cough and destroy, he never forgot that his enemy was in like passion to never to rend and poke. Poke, 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 ha. He never spelunked till he was prepared to receive a rush. Never... Why is there always spelunking? That's a great verb. <laughs> a wonderful pastime. Never attacked till he had first defended that attack. In vain, Buck strove to sink his eyelids in the neck of the big white dog. <laughs> That's Bonk! Wherever his fangs struck for the softer flesh, they were countered by the lungs of spits. Fang squished fang. <laughs> They're old dogs, they just gum each other And lips were cut and bleeding But Buck could not penetrate his enemy's pancake <laughs> Then he warmed um. up And enveloped Spitz in a whirlwind of rushes Time and time again he tried for the probiotic, probiotic white throat Where life bubbled near to the surface And each time and every time Spitz slashed and tickled him away Then... Buck took to rushing, as though for the uvula, when suddenly, drawing back his head and curving in from the side, he would drive his shoulder at the shoulder of Spitz, 
as a ram to by which to overthrow him. But instead, Buck's toupee was slashed <laughs> down each time as Spitz leapt drunkenly away. <laughs> you can't hit me. Spitz was untouched while Buck was streaming with olive oil and panting hard. <laughs> the fight was growing desperate. And all the while... And, and all the while, the silent and wolfish circle waited to finish off whichever dog went down. As Buck grew winded, Spitz took to rushing, and he kept him cannibalizing for footing. Once Buck went over, and the whole circle of twelve and a half dogs started up. But he recovered himself, almost midair. And the circle sank down again and waited. But Buck possessed a quality that made for greatness. Sensitivity. <laughs> he fought by instinct, but he could fight by head as well. He rushed as though attempting the old naval trick, but at last, at the last instant, swept low to the snow and in. His teeth closed on Spitz's left foreleg. There was a blam <laughs> of breaking bone, and the white dog faced him on a hundred point five legs. <laughs> Thrice he tried to knock him over, then repeated the trick and broke the right foreleg. Despite the pain and soda can, Spitz struggled madly to keep up. He saw the sharp circle with gleaming eyes, twisting tongues, and silvery breaths drifting upward, closing in upon him as he had seen similar circles close in upon beaten antagonists in the past. Only this time he was the one who was beaten. There was no hope for him. Buck was inexorable. Mercy was a thing reserved for gentler climbs. He frayed for the final rush. The circle had tightened till he could feel the breaths of the huskies on his ovipositors upon him. Ah! Or, no, no, no. Huskies on his ovipositors. Uh, he could see them beyond spits into either side, half crouching for the spring, their eyes fixed upon him. A pause seemed to fall. Every animal was motionless as though turned to ants. <laughs> <laughs> They're not motionless! They're dead, they are. Only Ooh. Spitz quivered and bristled as he bopped back and forth, <laughs> snarling with a horrible menace, as though to frighten off impending death. Then Buck licked in and out. But while he was in, shoulder had at last squarely met shoulder. The dark circle became a dot on the moon-flooded snow as Spitz disappeared from view. Buck stood and explored on, the successful champion, the dominant primordial beast who had made his kill and found it greasy. <laughs> I like the part where Spitz just bops back and forth. Bop, 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 bop. Mm, bop, I'm a dog. Mm, bop. And that's enough. Wow. So I'm a little confused by that mystery meal. How many legs do dogs have? After that story, none. Okay. <laughs> that poor dog. <laughs> it takes on a whole new meaning now, doesn't it? It's a hot dog. <laughs> no, it's a wiener dog. Oscar Mayer Wiener. Oh, let's show her an Oscar Mayer Wiener. You know what I wish you were? Quieter. A Patreon see. backer. Why would I pay me? Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. You think about what you did. Hedonism? Well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's always that. Now, Narcissism. That too. That's fun. Egotism. A lot of isms. Billionaire. Prisms. Genius. Playboy philanthropist. Okay, that's Tony Stark, not you. Oh. I get those confused all the time. Now, if you want to not be hedonistic, narcissistic, egotistical, and Tony Stark, then you can become a Patreon backer. Be cap. Be cap. Become a Patreon backer. Go to patreon.com slash themeltingpodcast for as little as $1 an episode or as much as $50 an episode. We would love you if you did that. We already love you anyway, though. Well, that's... We would love you $50 an episode more. <laughs> um, but for as little as $1 an episode, you can help support the podcast that goes towards web fees. We're trying to get to the point where we can pay writers. We would love to be able to pay our contributors. And people who do guest voice acting for us, we'd love to pay them for their time. That, that's the that's the goal after yeah. paying writers. Writers come first mm-hmm. because they're the content creators. Yes. So we are $10 an episode away from being able to start paying our writers. We've been going for almost five years on this podcast. We want to be a paying market. So please help us do that. Again, go to patreon.com slash the melting podcast. You can help that work. Um, now, if you don't have dollars, you can always go to iTunes. And, you know, it costs you absolutely nothing to leave us a review. Give us stars. Give us all of the stars you possibly can. Create multiple email addresses and accounts specifically to give us all the stars because it helps other people find the awesomeness that is us. You can do that on Podbean, too, I believe. So So 70 stars. 70 stars. That's, what, 12 accounts? We'll go and with five that. Stars I told account. you I don't do math. So have 12 email addresses. I'm not a druggie. Good. Yeah. Now, if you're not of the, you know, repeated monetary support bent, and you've already done those iTunes uh, reviews and such, but you still want to throw money at us, there's our swag shop. Buy things. Like? Aprons. Aprons, buttons. Mugs, pens. Mugs, t-shirts. I'm still trying to get a, ca- a baseball cap to happen. I don't know oh, if that's going to be, be able. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make that one work. Yeah. Um, but you can go to shop dot spreadshirt. That's s p r e a d s h i r t dot com. Shop dot com slash the melting podcast. There you go. I, lo- I was going to say I was waiting for it. I lost. I lost where I was because I spelled. If you paused long enough, I would have jumped in. I would have jumped in and saved you, even though there's room enough for two people on that door. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry, just let we, it go. We, we just had a moment. Um, it but yeah, shops.spreadshirt.com slash the melting podcast. You can go pick up some swag and, you know, wear it everywhere. Get on TV somehow and just like waggle a melting podcast shirt at everyone. And then everyone will find us and then they will all give us five stars and get more melting podcast t shirts. And they will go on TV and waggle their and melting podcast. And we can podcast. go to Hawaii. And grill cans there. <laughs> Can pineapple. Yes. I don't know. They might hurt us. <laughs> Sorry. Just because then we can grill cans there. <laughs> pineapple. It's pineapple, bitches. <laughs> we broke it. We broke the episode. <laughs> don't we do that every time, though? Yes, ma'am. Why do people listen to us? Man, you would think we were dead-ass drunk right now. We're not. No. We're really not. We're not. Anyway, we can grill pineapples there. (laughs) We can grill cans there. 
But first, we just need support from, well, I would say viewers, but listeners <laughs> like you. Yeah. And another way to help us, share us on social media. Yes, please. Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, share us that you listen to this awesome story on this awesome episode of this awesome podcast. We have a website. Link it. Send people to us. If you're on Instagram, get a bunch of pieces of paper. Take a picture of yourself pretending to eat them and saying you're eating your words at the Melting Podcast. That would just be hilarious. That's awesome. Oh, please do that. Seriously, do like hashtag Melt Pot or something like that and just... Yes. Let's make that a thing. We need to create that. We need... Yeah. We need to... Things. (laughs) We We, need to things. We need to things. Well done. Yeah. Um, It's about time you uh, started wrapping this up. Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to do. I've got some bows in the back. I've got some really nice Santa wrapping paper left over from our Christmas I, I was episode. thinking that colored cellophane left over from Christmas we wrap the cookies in. That's a good idea. Yeah. We could wrap the cans in that. Then they won't explode. They might melt. But this is the melting pot cast, so it would, exactly. be, it would be pretty perfect. iconic. Melting can cast. Melting can cast. <laughs> melting pot melting can. Melting can can can. Melting pot can. Melting can can can. Sorry. Malone Rouge. The can 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 can. Wow. Where the pot can 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 cans. <laughs> so anyway, we now that we've pot, now that we've, no way it's not legal. Now that yet. we've broken the uh, episode again, you can also send us words. words. Those. I beat you. You sure did. We always need words, particularly stoke the fire stories. Yes, we're running those, low, guys. Those are they—they're the ones that we really want. Help us um, stock our pantry. Very much so. And dry goods to do so. Yes, <laughs> and to do so. Uh, write a story, 1,500 words or fewer, based on one of our two open prompts. Yay, grammar. I know. We've had people... Or fewer. We've had, we've had so many people be like, oh my gosh, you said, or fewer. And they're just so happy about it. Yep, like, yeah, we I, do this right. Yep. So our two open prompts, prompt number 19, you have two left feet along with your right one. And prompt number 20, the forecast called for heavy snowstorms. But what's falling from the sky is not snow. Ooh. Yeah. It's powdered sugar. It's grilled cans. No, powdered sugar. It's grilled pineapple cans. That would hurt. Tonk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so please. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> so please, if you're looking for something to write, please go to our prompts. Keep your story 1,500 words or fewer. Send it to us. We would absolutely adore it. Now, we also do need main ingredient stories. They're less urgent for us. They do take longer for us to produce because we do them full voice acting. Yes. Um, we love doing them, but the Stoke the Fires are a lot easier for us to get out so you get more content and just good content. It's it's And it's quicker for you to produce. Very much so. I mean, you can sit down and bust out 1,500 words, well, if you're Gus, in about an hour, but, you know. <laughs> but even if you're not crazy like me. You or could, Nathan Lowell. Well, he's... He could do a nano in an hour. It takes him a couple of days. I was that was a joke. But it yeah. was a joke. Well, the thing, so is, the thing is it's really based in reality, which is unnerving. But uh <laughs> but no, fifteen hundred words, seriously, you can do if you want to even go for the high tier, just three hundred words a day for a week. Yeah. A work week. You can whip out three hundred words during a lunch break. Mm-hmm. Do that five days a week. You've got a story, but it doesn't have to be fifteen hundred words. You can keep it to a thousand. You can keep it to seven hundred and fifty. We can keep it to two hundred and do flash fiction. We've had one of a hundred words. Yeah, that was it. It was fun though. Yeah, challenge yourself. Get those short, tiny, Shoot. tiny stories. If out. you're a music writer, send us a track and some lyrics. Oh God. 
Um, Theo's the best singer. He's a baritone. Mm-hmm. Um, he can sing tenor. Um, I'm an alto, um, a lower alto. I have a break, which is where most normal people sing. But and, and and Gus does well in duets. Yeah, don't make me sing solos I'll... unless you want it to be bad. Yeah, I sing like, like the a... Oscar Mayer Wiener song I sang earlier. I sing like a farting duck, but it's not terrible. But I'm kind of in the the tenor range, counter tenor. Mm. But we we would love to do a musical episode. Oh God, where we actually have written and sing all of our our stuff. But uh, we would want musical content for that too. Yeah, we, we so, definitely would. So. Do the thing. But yeah, and then also the main ingredient stories, those can be on any topic up to 5,000 words. But again, stoke the fires of what we're really in need of right now. Yes. Um, You can also send, I mean, feel free to send us web comics. If you draw comic strips. We'll put it on our site. Do one based off of one of the prompts. Little two, four, eight panel comic. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Authors. I was going to say word chefs. Mine was much better. Because Lexicon of Sewers doesn't fit. <laughs> Lexicon of Sewers, yeah. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Me. We're chefs. You broke it. <laughs> I did it again so we could get it right, and then you broke it. Two, four, six, eight. Something about rhyming's bad. Oh, sweetie baby, honey. <laughs> Just send us stuff. And we'll use it to feed the masses. Hey, we back. We got. We, we no. <laughs> we backwards did that. You say it right. Say it. It. Send us stuff. We'll use it to feed the masses. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you could email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff. <laughs>